Hello, everyone. My name is Michael Williams. And I'm Tom Harrison. Welcome to Your Voice Matters. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Tom. Thanks, man. How are you? Great, great. Happy uh, July 5th. <laughs> yeah. Day after Independence Day. <laughs> Same to you. Same to you. So I hope you had a, a hope, good fourth. I did. Thank you. Hopefully you're still feeling uh, feeling the independence. <laughs> feeling free. <laughs> we were talking earlier about um, what does that all really mean? Right? I mean, it means a lot of different things to different people. Obviously, it, it has the specific meaning in the United States. The July 4th, most people just say happy July 4th, right? But it's Independence Day, quote, Independence Day, uh, which for most people in one way or another means freedom. Mm-hmm. And But we were talking about the fact that, by the way, I'm, I'm walking, so if you're hearing the noise in the background, I'm, I'm walking along a trail, my element, as you know, feeling mm-hmm. free, freedom to walk on the trail. But um, <laughs> one of the things we were talking about is the, the reality that even though Independence Day means freedom, and supposedly means freedom for everyone, at least in this country, United States of America, because it, it comes out of the Declaration of Independence of our country, which purports that all people are equal. They say all men. They don't even mention women, but I think they mean everybody. Um, but we all know, and we've been reminded very recently, both by the Black Lives Matter movement and by the virus, and who is most vulnerable to it, that unfortunately, not everybody is equally free. So I just wanted to put that out on the table. More specifically, how does that relate to our podcast topic, which is your voice matters? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, I think as you were mentioning earlier, when, when we were speaking, there are some people who have had the um, experience of growing up in certain places, certain households, certain neighborhoods, certain communities, and because of the their environments and their and the structures and the systems around, uh, they haven't experienced the same kinds of freedoms that other people have experienced, and so they um, even now, you know, as as teens or as adults, uh, they may not feel as free as they could and should. Um, so yeah, so you might you might have some more to say about that. I know you and I had some conversations about that, but yeah, uh, that's that's unfortunate. I I believe that you and I are able to chart our own courses. Um, some things that we have to carry with us, for example, our colors <laughs> and so forth. But at the same time, I think that um, because of people that we're around, the things that we think, things we expose ourselves to, uh, things that we do on a continuous basis, uh, really determines our future and our and our freedom. Um, and I experience this and lots of other people have too. So even though people may not be as free as they'd like to be now, I don't think that means that they have to stay that way forever. 
So there's a, a degree to which we can set ourselves free, and there's a degree to which there are systems and structures that also have to be changed. It's not either or just one. I think, I think it is both. I completely agree. And as you're saying that, uh, what came up for me is something that I share often. In essence, I share it as kind of a core value of my work with my clients, which is you're not going to experience anything fully that you really want to experience in the world unless and until you experience it internally, right? Until you actually embody it. And I think this is pretty much what you were just saying, right? It's, it's not just one thing. It's not just, oh, I believe I'm free, right? We just affirm it. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And the truth is, uh, you're in prison for, you know, 25 life terms. You just, whatever, yeah, good luck with that, right? I mean, hey, it, why not? It, maybe if it, feels, if it makes you feel better, that's great. <laughs> but, you know, and the, and the truth is, all of us have some version of that, right? Maybe not actual life sentences, but all of us are imprisoning ourselves in one way or the other. Most of us. And something, there's something that's holding us back, right? There's some reason that we don't speak up in that meeting. Right? That, that sounds like nothing like being in prison, but hey, there's something keeping us from doing it. There's something in, sometimes from keep, keeping us from speaking out or saying what we need to say to our significant other. These things can go on for years sometimes. So there's something keeping us, something holding us back, something imprisoning us from really having the independence, the freedom, for the most part, there is freedom of speech in this country. Now, we also know that depending on who you are, what exactly you say, when you say it, and who you say it to, uh, you may not, it may not seem so free, right? You might get shut down for that. You might get closed out for that. You might even get mm. shot for that, unfortunately. Mm. But um, so that's one of those freedoms. It seems to be a real freedom. It's, a, it's presumably equal, but it really depends on the circumstances. And this is where oftentimes the systems and structures get in the way, because if the systems and structures, which include things, you know, laws and policies and regulations, and also behaviors, which is a really tricky one, because right? mm-hmm. even if all the laws are, are squared away, and even if all the policies mm-hmm. and regulations are squared away, you can then you then you can still have that bad apple, right? Exactly. So screw it. Yeah. So anyway, so it's you know, so it's it's complex. So it's actually not super simple. However, if all of our focus is on those external systems and structures, and inside we're still imprisoning ourselves, then even if we get those systems and structures working, we're not going to fully experience that freedom. Exactly. Exactly. So. There's two things I wanted to make sure I mentioned. One is is the importance of communication skills. So I want to come back to that, and then I want to affirm something you said about what's holding us back. Um, just so you're in that meeting, you're in that relationship, you're in that conversation. Do you believe you have something of value to say? Do you, do you want to say something, but something stops you from speaking up? So. I want to challenge those of you who are listening to this to think about what's stopping me from speaking up, right? Think about that. And then, uh, you know, you and I will probably be talking about 
some of those things and maybe some ways to address that. But then the other thing is if, if we're out there and we're trying to, uh, speak up to say what we want to say and or address systems and structures and laws or, you know, where you just want to speak up in a meeting, it's so very important, especially it shouldn't have to be this way, but, but it's just true. If you are a minority, person of color, whatever, it's really important that you be able to communicate your thoughts clearly. <laughs> because like you said earlier, sometimes you speak up and say something and people will dismiss it just because of who it's coming from, right? For whatever reason, if you're a female, they might dismiss it. If you're Latino, if you're eight, whatever it is, you're older, they just don't like you're too young. <laughs> or, yeah. So the thing, I started to realize this early and develop my ability to communicate as well as I could. And I don't communicate perfectly, but, but I'm able to get my message across and understanding also that and this is a part of good communication skills is not to put people on defensive when I'm communicating because then they're going to shut down, right? They're going to go into defensive. So just learning how to, how, first of all, that we need to communicate. We need to communicate clearly. Uh, it's probably best, at least most of the times, not to put people on a defensive because then they shut down. So just learning that if you want to get out there and make changes, one thing, one skill, one asset that you're going to want to develop is your ability to communicate. Then you can really change the world if you can communicate. That's beautiful. Yeah, so true. You know, one thing I was thinking as you were speaking is you know, differentiating the type types of speech. And of course, there's lots of ways we can differentiate, but just to home in on one thing that's been very present in the news and I wouldn't be surprised if many of the listeners have been involved is the protest, right? Which is very much an example of freedom of speech, right? I mean, let's just face it. There's many countries in the world where that's not a freedom, right? Where people may protest, but they get shot down. And now I know it's starting to look like it here too. I mean, and there's times when that has happened in this country as well, but there's some countries where you, there's a real legitimate fear for everybody uh, not to get up and, and speak. It's challenging, right? But even when you, if you think of the protest, you, you and I, Michael, and even embedded in your company's name, we've talked a lot about the term proactive in your company's Pro90D, right? The Pro standing for proactive. And right. I mentioned that because, you know, there's protesting, and it's great, and it's necessary, and it's one part of what's required probably for freedom. But it also addresses what we were talking about earlier, which is if all we did is protest, right? If that's all we did, and again, not to put, not to say it doesn't have importance, but if that's all we did is protest, then basically it's saying, we don't want this. I don't want this. Don't give me that. If we don't have the other side of it, if we aren't clear about what we want, then we're probably going to be at minimum confused. So your work, for example, a big part of it is people attracted by the desire to stop stuttering. Okay, well, where are you left if you stop stuttering? It doesn't mean you're now a brilliant, smooth speaker. So to be proactive is to, in the case of uh, someone who stutters or 
has challenges with their speech, me being one of those people who has learned a lot from you, still learning. It means, okay, I'm going to really focus on what I want, and -hmm. that's going to be the core thing I focus on. And there's a recognition that the more I focus on what I don't want, the more I protest, the more I'm going to be stuck in that place. So proactive, going for what you want very clearly, very specifically. And of course, the clearer we communicate, the better we are in our messaging, the more effective we are in actually being proactive. So if we take the protester for a moment, if we paint a broader picture and realize that a lot of the protesters are actually proactively protesting, right? They're, they're proactivists is what I call them. And mm-hmm. those individuals really are thinking as they're saying, hey, we need to tear down these structures. They're also saying, and here are some solutions I want to lay on the table. Here are some things mm-hmm. that we can do to lift us up, right? And I just think that's really important in terms of communication. It's also important in terms of just this idea of freedom. Because what does freedom mean? It's freedom from something and it's freedom to become something or someone. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that we want to remember is, uh, and this is related to what we call the, the law of freedom is that you and I are only as free as our alternatives, as our options, as the number of options that we have. And I know this to be true from the experiences of my clients as well as you know, my own personal uh, experience. And you guys will know this to be true yourself is if you feel like there's only one thing you can do, you only have one option, you don't feel very free. This is like, okay, I've got mm-hmm. to do this. That's it. If you say, man, wow, there's 10 different things I can do. There's a hundred things, a hundred ways I can go at this or five ways or 10 ways. You feel a lot freer. So one of the things that I want to do is to make sure that you are equipping yourself in every way that you can to have as many options as you can because the more options you have, the freer you're going to feel. And the freer you feel, the better you feel about yourself. Your self-esteem goes up, your self-confidence goes up, and you're going to actually be able to perform more. And and you're also going to be in a place where you can at least begin to explore and see more clearly why you're here and what you're supposed to be doing. If, If you feel like you have those options, feel like you're trapped, you're just not going to be in a place mentally, spiritually, emotionally to even be thinking about your purpose and why you're here. You're just, you're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel frustrated. Spoon's going to be low. Uh, You're not going to speak up. Or if you do speak up, you're going to be angry, right? Just wanted to throw that in about that, that, this concept, this idea of freedom. Imagine you're a prisoner in a, in a cell, in a jail cell. And imagine your thought is there's only one way out. There's only one way out, and it means I've got to break out. And that one way is through this, you know, whatever, there's this little opening, right? It's kind of a classic thing in the movies, right? There's a, a window or something, right, that you end up exploiting. And somehow you get out that window, and then, of course, you get on the other side, and all these things happen, and maybe you make it out. So imagine you're a prisoner. You're thinking, that's my only way out. That's the only way out. But Along the lines of what you were saying, Michael, perhaps 
you're getting ready to be put up on parole the next week. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, all you need is a little good behavior and maybe just focusing on your freedom as opposed to, I just got to get out of here, right? I got to get out. It really is similar thing we're talking about. Oftentimes we are really imprisoned, and I'll just use a different term for what you said. We're imprisoned by our lack of resourcefulness. I'm very aware of how important resourcefulness is. I'm not sure that I've really thought about it a lot in terms of communication and the way we're talking about it right now, but it's, God, you're right. It's absolutely critical. If you want to communicate something, again, if we think there's only one way to do it, which, how does that, how does that turn out sometimes? You know, it turns mm-hmm. out, damn it, what are you doing? You idiot, right? That might be the way we think we need to communicate because we just do it. It's reaction. It's, uh, you know, that person's doing something we don't like or whatever, and we just react, we respond, we just do our pattern. But right. the reality is that was a very poor option. And we thought in the moment we only had that one. So important, as you're alluding to, Michael, that resourcefulness, having options is critical. And just, I'll just lay out, and you, you kind of framed it this way, but I'll lay out a specific exercise. It's something we do frequently in my work. And it's, it's very simple. You pretty much said it, but it's a specific exercise that asks you to come up with 25 ways to do something. And of course, you use this when you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have any options, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you, or you find yourself saying the same thing over and over, it's not working well, or, or you, you, basically you find yourself getting stuck. However it is, whatever it is, we can apply it to communication for sure. So you're stuck, you're whatever, you can't come up with a, a better option. You sit down and do this exercise and you write down, I put at the top, 25 ways. And in this case, we can say 25 ways I'm going to get this point across. So think of something you want to, a point you want to make that you haven't been able to get across. Maybe it's certain people. And write down 25 ways. And you might be thinking right now, well, gosh, if I knew 25 ways, I'd be fine. Well, this, the whole point of this is to, most of us haven't actually asked a question like that. We haven't stopped to think, do I have options? We all do. But many of us are trapped in the subconscious notion that whatever comes up for us is the option. And so by sitting down and writing it down and just kind of forcing yourself to do it, but I, I like to use the term allowing yourself to be creative anything goes and just go for it and get it down there. And then if you say, it's going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. If, if your thought is, oh, well, that's, that's crazy. I can't come up with 25 ways. Maybe I can come up with five or 10. If that's your thought, then your exercise is to come up with 30 ways. <laughs> because, because the whole thing about it is to, to prove to ourselves, because it's true, I promise you, we're all that resourceful and more. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful. That was that exercise, um, I remember Brian Tracy's had 21 idea methods. So it's just it's a variation of that. But mm-hmm. it's a great exercise. And we often we don't think. And after a certain number, it does get very challenging. So we become very creative. So I think, I think my, my final words would just be in terms of independence and freedom. To really begin to design the kind of life you want. You have a lot more freedom and flexibility to do that than what you know. And understand that you have more options than what you think. Because if you feel trapped, 
then you're probably going to be trapped and you're only going to see the one or two options that you think you have. There's always additional you know, options out there. So really begin to look at those options uh, and a part of helping us to look and to even know. I remember Sakshi said, she started listening to me and she was in, gosh, maybe college or something. And she said, well, I didn't even know that I could overcome stuttering. Like, I thought I was stuck with it until I heard you, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. a lot of what we listen to, we have to expose ourselves to watching, listening, talking about, thinking about different things. Because if not, that alone can keep us trapped. Just if we don't listen to the right stuff, we don't watch, we don't think about, read or whatever, then we're just going to keep thinking what we always think. But when we expose ourselves, other things, we go, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was possible. And once you understand mm-hmm. it's possible, then you expand your potential options. And then and then it just goes from there. And it just goes on. It just gets better from there. So I, I'll, I'll leave everyone with that. Awesome, brother. Mm-hmm. I think I'll right, enjoy man. my freedom and take the rest of my walk here. How about you? Yeah, it sounds good. I'm just going to relax here. Um, I'm having a glass of white wine. It's a nice breeze because it just got finished raining. So I'm just going nice. to relax and enjoy the breeze. Awesome. Take care, my brother. And let's make Independence Day every day of the year. Absolutely. Cheers, brother. Great talking with you, Tom. Great talking with Bye-bye. you. Take care, everyone. We'll see you. Okay, see you guys later. Hey, everyone. So if you want to learn about what I'm up to. If you'd like to learn about being on purpose, check me out. I'm Tom Harrison, T-H-O-M Harrison. You can find me at walkyourwhy.com. All about being yourself, living your vision, and what I like to call loving the world with your work. Thanks, Tom. And I am Michael Williams, and I want to help you say what you want to say smoothly, clearly, and confidently so that when you speak, people listen. They want to listen. And you can check me out at the smoothspeechsystem.com. We'll see you there. Take care.